I'm glad that you guys are here. Where's Rory? There he is. I'm glad y'all are here because there's a special message for you today. Uh, it's not just for you, but it is a special message for you to honor you and to honor your accomplishments. You have had thus far some wonderful experiences in your life, and you, will have, you have had, no doubt, some lasting memories. However, I want you to remember this. If you're listening for graduating seniors, say amen. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you, Rory. Thank you. Remember this. You have only begun. You have only begun to build your life. And you need to know about the building process. You need to know that that building process is nowhere close to being finished. You're going to spend the rest of your life here on earth continuing to build, continuing to grow. So it's important for all of you, for all of us, to know how we're to build our lives. These last 12 years for you graduating seniors and the next several years are going to be real, real important. Because this is where you're going to lay the foundation for the rest of your life. Now, again, I want to reiterate that this message is not just for the graduating seniors today. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, you're building your life. And you're to be growing in the Lord. So all of us need to hear, all of us need to apply the message that we'll hear this morning. So if you would, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 and let's hear this foundational message that Jesus wants us to learn this morning. In Matthew chapter 7. Yeah, Children's Church. Excuse me. Thank you for reminding me. Children's Church is dismissed. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will I will liken to a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let us pray. Father in heaven, help us all to be reminded that it is so incredibly important how we build and where we build. Lord, what we build with and on what we build with. Father, I pray that we are reminded this morning that the foundation of Jesus Christ is imperative to build the kind of life you want for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Now, about a thousand years ago, there was an Italian architect whose name was Bonanno Pisano. And Bonanno Pisano began his work on what would become Italy's most famous project. It was called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. This Tower, this freestanding bell tower, was to be eight stories high, 185 feet tall. However, there was one little problem. This tower, it was quickly discovered as they were beginning to build it, that the soil underneath it was much softer than they, than they anticipated, 
and the foundation simply would not hold this huge structure. Sure enough, after they started building this, the whole structure, as you know, began to tilt, and it tilted some more until finally the architects and the builders began to realize that nothing more could be done to fix it, that the Leaning Tower of Pisa was going to be forever leaning. It took 176 years to build that tower, and during that time, a whole bunch of different things were done to try and compensate for this serious lean of this tower. The foundation was shored up one time on one side. The upper levels were even built at a slightly different angle to make it appear straight. This tower was forever leaning. Nothing worked. And that tower stood for over 800 years but continued to tilt further and further and further off of perpendicular. It was known that eventually it was going to collapse and great was going to be its fall. But not too long ago, after having been closed for 12 years, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was finally reopened to the public. During that 12-year closure, engineers spent $25 million to renovate and stabilize that tower. They removed 110 tons of dirt and reduced its 17-foot lean by 16 inches. Now, I want you to get this picture. If the base of the tower was here, and this rock was here, that means that the top of the tower was here. I dropped it. Great was its lean, and eventually it was going to collapse. But they took away that dirt, and they did reduce its lean slightly. But I wanted to ask you this. What was the biggest problem that that tower had? What was the biggest problem that it had? Was it a bad design? No. Beautiful tower. Was it poor workmanship? Great workmanship. Was it an inferior grade of marble? The marble in the Tower of Pisa is gorgeous. It's top quality. That wasn't the problem. The problem was underneath. The problem was underneath. The sandy soil on which the city of Pisa is built obviously is not stable enough to support a structure of this size and weight. The problems all stem from one thing, the foundation. All the problems of that tower stem from one thing, and that is the foundation. And in these verses today that we read, Jesus describes my and your life as though they are houses. And Jesus declares that there are two kinds of house builders. Two kinds of builders. Now, you need to know that these builders appear very similar to each other. Outside, we're all similar. We're all human beings. We may look similar on the outside, however, but how many of you know that we're very different on the inside? Amen? Amen. The builders that Jesus spoke of also had some other similarities. They had not only did they appear similar, but they also had the same purpose. That is, they were all building a house. They were both building a house. But not only did they appear similar, and not only did they have the same purpose, but their houses were also built in the same geographical place. Uh, basically, when the storm hit the houses, uh, they were in the same general area. 
So they appear similar, and uh, they had the same purpose, and they're built in the same geographical place, but they also had the same basic plan. They all three had four walls. They all three, or both of them had a roof, and both of them had a floor. Now, we're all building what God refers to as a spiritual house. We're all building a spiritual house, but the biggest thing is something that can't be seen. It's something that is underground, so to speak. The difference that between all of our spiritual houses is found in our foundation. Where have you built your foundation? On whom? On what have you built your foundation? What we build our lives on is so incredibly important. And Jesus mentions two. Two foundations that people build their lives on. He said the first one is a fatal foundation. Did you hear it there in verse 26? But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell. And great was its fall. Jesus calls this fatal foundation sand. But notice that he calls the person who built on it foolish. What did Jesus mean when he said, when he referred to this foundation as being sand? To know the answer to that question, you need to know a little bit about the area, about the topography of Palestine where Jesus was. Uh, in the summer season, there were uh, many rivers that would dry up due to the, the droughts and the lack of rain. Many of the rivers would dry up, and it would leave just a simple sand bed. Now, just a few months after that, though, the rainy seasons would return, and these river beds would then rage with water. And if you didn't know the area, and you just came to Palestine, if you didn't check the ground carefully, you might be inclined to build a house on one of these riverbeds because the, the, the area around it was very plush because of the rainy season. So you might be inclined to build a house there and you'd be, be building right in the path of a potential raging river. So why would anybody want to build on the sand? Why would somebody want to build on sand? Now, could it be perhaps that they didn't want to dig down deep enough? They didn't want to dig down deep enough to know that their house was secure? Could it be that perhaps they were a little lazy? That they didn't want to exert the extra money or the extra effort to build on a solid foundation? Could it be that perhaps they were just wanting to take the easy way out and not build a solid foundation for their life? That's possible. Because in our churches today, we often find that problem existing. We find people, foolish people, who try to build their houses on, in a lazy way. They try to uh, look for an easy way, a lazy way to serve God. And can I tell you, that's an awful rotten foundation. But there are all kinds of sandy foundations that we find in our world today. All types of sandy foundations that foolish people try to build their lives on try to build their foundations on. Many try to build their spiritual houses on a worldly foundation, perhaps a foundation of philosophy, perhaps a foundation of science or politics, 
perhaps a foundation of their job or career, perhaps a, a foundation of even their family, a worldly foundation. Now, others will try to build their foundation, try to build their spiritual house on a religious foundation. Now, that sounds real good, don't it? To try to build your house on a religious foundation. Some people try to build their house on church membership. Some try to build their house on traditions or on good works or some other man-made way to God. But I want to ask yourself, if you're doing that, if you've built your foundation on religious type things, if you've built your uh, spiritual house on a religious foundation, have you confused the building material with the foundational material? Because church membership is a good thing. Traditions are a good thing. A good moral life is a good thing, but it's not the foundation upon which we build. It's important for you to ask that question. Have I confused the building material with the foundational material? Baptism and church membership and a good moral life make great building materials, but they make lousy foundational materials. See, there's only one foundational material. And his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus said building your life on any other foundation other than him is foolish. It's crazy. You're out of your mind if you try to build on anything other than him. And the word of God testifies to that fact. For in Psalm 14.1, the word says, a fool, say a fool. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now there was a Stephen Hawking who once testified that there had to be a great designer has now gone back upon his previous uh, understanding, and now he's saying, no, there's not a creator. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. Proverbs 28, 26 says, he who trusts in himself is a fool. He's a fool. But I want you to see today, not what people say is foolish, not even what the Old Testament says is foolish. Today, I want you to see what Jesus says is foolish. In verse 26, follow along. Because he says, everyone, say everyone. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. So in the eyes of Jesus... The foolish person is the one that does a whole lot of hearing, but he don't do any doing. How foolish is that? How many times in my own life have I wished that I'd only listened and paid better attention or received the advice and the direction of somebody who was much wiser than myself? How many times have we heard, yet not done? How many sermons have you heard preached, but you hadn't done it? How many Sunday school lessons have you learned, but you have not implemented in your life? How many times have you heard God speak to you, but you didn't apply it to your life? You know what Jesus calls that? Foolish. Foolish. I read a story about a preacher teacher named Ravi Zacharias who was speaking at the Ohio State University. And while he was on the way to the university, the driver and he passed what was called the Wexner Art Center. 
It was a brand new building, and the driver told him, uh, Ravi, this is our new art building, and it is a remarkable design. He said, uh, uh, he began to describe this incredible building, and Zacharias said, this building has no pattern. It's completely patternless. Uh, it has staircases in the middle of the building, but the staircases don't go nowhere. They just stop. This building has pillars all over the place, but these pillars don't hold up anything. And he said that the architect was trying to get the point across that when he designed that building, that that building often reflected how life can be. He was saying that sometimes life seems to go nowhere. He was saying that sometimes that life seemed mindless. He was saying sometimes life seemed senseless, like it didn't have any use. And Zacharias asked that driver, he said, did they do the same thing with the foundation? And that driver laughed and answered. He said, no, you can't do that with the foundation. You can't do that with the foundation. You've got to have a foundation no matter what you build on it. So don't skip. Don't skip on your foundation. Graduating class of 2011, don't skip on your foundation. When you leave this place, you're going to become among the highest percentage of people who leave the church. Graduating seniors moving on to their college life. Don't skimp on your foundation. Because if you do, you'll be among the people who Jesus called foolish. Because Jesus told you to stay following him. To stay a part of his body. So don't only hear what I'm saying. You make sure you do it. Don't become among the foolish. And build your life on a fatal foundation. But there's a second foundation that Jesus speaks of. And that second foundation is a firm foundation. Listen in verse 24. Therefore whoever hears. Say whoever hears. Whoever hears these things of mine. And does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. It was founded on the rock. Jesus says that the one who builds on the firm foundation is wise. He's wise. And the rest of the scriptures testify to that fact. Proverbs 4, 7 says that wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Many of you, all of you, I believe, are going off to college to get more wisdom. Through, though it may cost you everything the Bible says, though it may cost you everything you have, get wisdom. Get understanding. Proverbs 9, 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So how did Jesus define that wise builder? How did he define that wise builder? He describes this wise builder as the one who not only hears the word of God, but what else does he or she do? Say it if you know it. He does the word of God. He hears the word of God and he applies or she applies it to her life. Faithfully doing the will of God. Now there are a great many ways that you and I can be attentive to God's word. First of all, you can read it. 
That's giving it its due attention. You can read the Word. You can read it like you do any other book. Not only can you read it, but you can study it. You can analyze its message, and you can see how it might apply to your life. You can reflect on it after you read it. You can see that if you take some time and you work it around, you can see how it might be a vital part of your mind and heart. You can also participate, as I mentioned earlier, in group studies of God's Word and gain wisdom from other brothers and sisters who are also growing in the Word. But I want you to notice today that Jesus' emphasis is not just on the reading. Jesus' emphasis is not just on the studying. It's not just on the group study. His emphasis is not just on the hearing. It's also on the, the doing. Not only hearing God's word, but doing God's word. And the rest of the New Testament testifies to this fact. For you've heard it in James 2.26, where the Bible says that faith without works is dead. If you have faith and it's not accompanied with works, your faith is dead. It's dead. And James 1.22 testifies to it as well, where James says, don't merely listen to the word of God. Don't merely hear the word of God and so deceive yourselves. Do, say do. Do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror, but then after he goes away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing, will be blessed. Say blessed. Will be blessed in what he does. Did you hear that? If you'll do the hearing and you'll do the doing, you'll be blessed in what you do. You'll be blessed in what you do. So there is a fatal foundation. But there is also a firm foundation. But as we look at these two foundations, what is it that shows us the difference between the two? Can I tell you that it's facing the storms? We faced a storm a couple weeks ago. If you're listening to me, say amen. Are you a sand builder? Or are you a rock builder? In this parable, this story of something familiar that Jesus gives us a spiritual lesson about, he asks you, are you a sand builder or a rock builder? Have you laid your foundation on the sand of the worldly things or the rock of Jesus Christ? Are you a rock builder or a sand builder? Do you know what made the difference between the sand builder and the rock builder? Friends, it was the storm. It was the storm. The storm is what revealed which foundation your life is built on. See, when the storm came, the house built upon the sand did what? It fell. Exactly. But the storm came, and that house that was built on the rock, what happened to it? It stood firm. And I want you to notice today how the storm is described. In verse 25, we read that the rains descended. And the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. 
You see, there was pressure from above. The rains descended. Can I tell you that God will test you? Can I tell you that God will test you from above? But the, but the storm didn't just come from above. The storm also came from below. For the floods came. Can I tell you that Satan will be busy tempting you? Pressure comes from below. But there's also great pressure that comes all around. And the winds blew and beat on that house. Can I tell you, not only will God test you from above and Satan will tempt you from below, but there's all kind of people who will try you from all around you. And I also want you to notice today that there wasn't just one storm. The rains descended. And the floods came. And the winds blew. There's going to be a great many storms, graduates. There's going to be a great many storms, Christians, brothers and sisters. You see, that's how the storms of life hit us. They hit us all around. They hit us from all directions, above, below, all around. Now, as I close, I want you to be aware of two critically important concepts that you need to be aware of that you need to learn from this parable. First of all, following the Lord Jesus Christ does not exempt you from the storms of life. Jesus is not teaching us here how to build our houses in some kind of protection zone. Friends, young people, there are no storm-free zones in your life. No storm-free zones in your life. But the outcome, the outcome of the storm is determined by what foundation you have set your life on. You see, this is a parable about foundations. This is not a parable about avoiding weather. Amen? This is a parable about foundations, not avoiding the weather. Not only does following Jesus not exempt us from the storms, but I want you to be assured that your faith will be tested. As you go to college, graduates, your faith is going to be tested because you're not going to be exempt from these storms, storm zones. It's going to be tested. Have you ever heard that, that quote that a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted? That a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Friends, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but our faith is not tested in the sunshine. It's tested in the storm. On October 17, 1989, a massive earthquake struck San Francisco. The people there all of a sudden began to give a lot of thought about the foundations of their buildings. Buildings that were built on the solid ground sustained much less damage than those who were built on the filled-in areas. In fact, the south pier of the Golden Gate Bridge sits directly on top of the San Andreas Fault. Yet, the Golden Gate Bridge was undamaged. Why? 
because the weight of the entire bridge was set on two piers that went deep down into the earth, deep down into the rock. And that bridge may have swayed, and that bridge may have shook, but that bridge didn't fall. Amen. But if you were alive at that time, you probably remember the, the pictures of that, that highway, that interstate that collapsed upon itself there in Oakland. Double-decker freeway. It just collapsed. Why? Because they brought in the dirt. They brought in the foundational materials for that. That foundation of that highway was not embedded in the rock. And great was its fall. So friends, you need to answer two questions today. Graduates especially. You need to answer two questions today. Before you build the rest of your life, you need to answer two questions. What materials are you building with? Are you building with worldly materials? Or are you building with heavenly materials? Not only what are you building with, but what are you building on? Are you building on the sand of the world? Or are you building on the rock of Jesus Christ? One will stand. The other, great will be its fall. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians 3.11 that no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already been laid, namely Jesus Christ. For the Christian, there's no other foundation. So have you laid your foundation on the rock? Before you attempt to build any further, now is a good time to stop and check your foundation. Have you placed your faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ, not only for entry into heaven, but also so that you can have a personal, ongoing, intimate relationship with God? If you haven't, the Bible says, now, say now. Now is the accepted time. He says, behold, now, say now. Now is the day of salvation. Getting ready to build on, getting ready to build the rest of your life. Better check your foundation. Make sure you're building on the rock. And if you're not, today's a great day. Now is a great day. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day to start building your life on the rock. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord God Almighty, I've known and met a great many people who are building
exalt here, now I pray. In that still, soft whisper that only comes from the voice of God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way and your will for this decision time. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing. I need thee every hour. Stand, let's sing.